The story is dry. All we've got are pieces. We can't seem to figure out what the puzzle's supposed to look like. John Mitchell resigns as the head of Creep and says that he wants to spend more time with his family. I mean, it sounds like bullshit. We don't exactly believe that. No, <laughs> but it's touching. Forget the myths the media created about the White House. The truth is, there are not very bright guys and things got out of hand. The hunts come in from out of the cold. Supposedly, he's got a lawyer with $25,000 in a brown paper bag. Follow the money. What do you mean? Where? Oh, I can't tell you that. But you could tell me that. No, I have to do this my way. You tell me what you know, and I'll confirm. I'll keep you in the right direction if I can, but that's all. Just follow the money. Look, I'm tired of your chicken shit games. I don't want hints. I need to know what you know. It was a Haldeman operation. The whole business was run by Haldeman. The money, everything. It won't be easy getting at him. He was insulated. You have to find out how. Mitchell started doing covert stuff before anyone else. The list is longer than anyone can imagine. It involves the entire U.S. intelligent community. FBI, CIA, justice is incredible. Cover-up had little to do with Watergate. It was mainly to protect the covert operations. It leads everywhere. Get out your notebook, there's more. Your lives are in danger. Hello, and welcome. I'm William Morgan, and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, December 19th, 2016, and tonight we are choosing a president. Of course, I failed to read the fine print. Hello, I'm Douglas Bowles, and though the electors for whom we voted voted for the 45th president earlier today, we won't know those results. This is actually untrue. We know the results. Um, I learned that, that even though the electors voted, they don't actually make it official until January 6th when they count them publicly in the Senate. And then he's not, he's not the president officially until January 20th when they swell him, swear him in. Really? Yeah. Well, then let's take this moment to consider where we're at. And we'll do so with Radio 8 Ball host and creator Andras Jones and Pentimentals host and creator John McGuire. Naturally, we'll link to their pertinent information in the show notes. It's a pleasure hosting you gentlemen Thanks. again. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you. Yeah. Are we recording? <laughs> always. 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 <laughs> well, who, who's recording who? I'm, I'm recording you, and if the devil made me, and if the devil... Yeah. Do the song, Andras. Wait, wait. There was a little bit... There was a little bit of confusion on how we were going to do this. Douglas, you had some issues this morning, and I think... There was some conversation between all of us going back and forth, and I think it inspired Andras Jones to uh, to write a song. Is that am I understanding this correctly, Andras? Am I setting this up properly? Well, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. You know, it's you never know what inspires you. You pick <laughs> up a guitar and you start, and stuff starts coming out. Uh, am I, I uh, am I correct in the title of this song? Who's skyping who, or is that a joke? 
No, no, that was just a joke we're making before. <laughs> no, the song is the song is called Divided. 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 And this is a this is a premiere for anyone who cares. Well, it's soft to the left and hard to the right And I'm wondering if somehow someday we might Gather our strength to put up a fight But I'm scared of Americans when we unite For we have been divided, divided, divided Since we were united, united it's already decided, decided, So don't worry your pretty head No, and those who have divided Fighted, fighted But often genocided And those who have denied it They are the only ones invited But water is life and all lives are cheap When the corporate elite Treat the people like sheep And the climate will change Shit will get deep And we can wake up Or just drown in our sleep For we have been divided Divided, divided Since we were united it's already decided, decided, decided So don't worry your pretty head Oh, and those who have divided Fighting, fighting We're often genocided And those who have denied it They are the only ones invited They're the only ones invited Better to the right and gone to the left and every election feels more like a theft and that brings us here December 16 the darkest December that I've ever seen beautiful so let's start with you so, Andras you you left us all with a mission. Well, that you just did. That's I mean that's really honestly <laughs> in times like this. Uh, I mean we we go we lean on the things where we feel the most power in the times of feeling powerless. And for me, the ability of a song to sort of I don't know what would have other by wise been as a terrified day into a somewhat empowered day and. In my my experience, the prophetic nature of the writing experience is usually lost on me in the moment of creation. So right now, I think the song is about one thing, and in three weeks, when I go back and listen to it, or a year or whenever, um, it'll mean something else. But it came but, from a place of empowerment? I mean, you felt good about the day. Um, I felt like this was a... No, I don't know if I felt good about the day. I felt 
like this was something, you know, I also masturbated today. They both made me, feel, I don't know if I felt empowered. I mean, it was, it was like, it was a, a way to, there's ways we felt we have to make ourselves feel better when things get scary. And uh, these are terrifying times. I'm proud of, I, 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 I had a couple, you know, you know, you're all writers. You're all, you know, we're all some, sometimes just coming up with a good way to, with a line that makes sense of the world can, you know, get you through the day. Like for me, the, there's a line uh, soft to the left and hard to the right. And I'm wondering if somehow someday we might, and it just goes on, but something about that's what been my whole life, political life. It feels like we go soft to the left and hard to the right always. Um, and then I was very happy right before we went on air. Uh, coming, I had, there was a different line there, but the idea that we have been di divided ever since we were united. Somehow, that maybe that made that made me feel better. Like, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's our division that is our that might be our salvation. Um, because if we unite. Who knows if we're gonna if we're gonna unite around something around if we're all gonna unite, I'll probably be on the other side of it. You know, saying, Well, huh, really? We all we're all behind this idea? You know, like what if it is uh, so, synchronicity though? Synchrony synchrony if what if synchronicity is what unites us? Yeah. Well, I think it does, and at the same time... No, but, like, that's the I big idea. Like, that's the new paradigm that we... Wait, 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 wait. Because you got plenty of... I mean, you called it based off a of synchronicity that Trump was going to win. So, it's like a conflict of interest there. Like, synchronicity wait, will... No, um, Douglas did. Actually, Douglas, oh. said, Douglas had predicted that Trump was going to win based off the tarot deck. And the fact that 16 was the Trump card. He said that a long time ago. Is this a true statement, Doug? I don't know if that predicted the election, but it definitely was that it flavored the year for sure. But you but, had so come here, to that conclusion because of all of the other. I mean, right, where right. did that? Where was the impetus of that? Where did that start? Where was the inception? That's December twenty-first, the World Card, twenty twelve, the end of the world, the end of the World Card. That's where that started. Okay. So 2012, and then but, you went through the, the deck, and it had all been well, like... No, then after that, it's like, oh, this could be fun. So 2013, that is uh, is 13 the death card? I don't remember. And 15 is the devil card? It was just, does the year carry a flavor? So that's what it was. But, I mean, more the more interesting question to me is, Trump is an inflated ego. The purpose of the tower is to collapse, that this is a false structure and it needs to come down. Like uh, at that hangout, Andras, William Kiefer was giddy. It made me nervous, but he was giddy because he wanted, he wanted, you know, he, he wants uh, a new beginning. Is that possible? How is Trump a new beginning, though? I would no, love no, someone he, to explain yeah. that, that to me. That he's not the new beginning. He's, he's the tower that will collapse, that we need something that superficial so that if okay if this if, if this thread continues what's the next year what's the next card the star card it's the star of hope that is it punches through and leads you isn't it the emperor card no it's the star card 17 yes but there's a conflict isn't there i don't think so there's some question over what the 17th card is is if it's the emperor or if it's the star oh is that the difference between uh the weight and the crowley deck Yes. So which one is which? 
in in the in the the weight deck the oh i can't think of colin colin smith deck that's the 17th card is the star card but i don't i don't use the crowley deck so will i'm i'm asking i'm asking this is why it's so difficult about that years because it could be either isn't that true i mean because the emperor fits trump to a t no doesn't that card no, it's just... the world leader, which is actually like what Trump's name actually means. The structure of civilization, a symbol of its law and order. May they be good or bad, but the power behind them. He is an, a, an abstraction of establishment, its stability and security. And its negative aspects, this card can represent the force of uh, bad law in a society where stability is rated higher the morals or ethics. Oh shit! In, uh, in the is... in the Crowley deck, it's seventeen. The star is. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's some conflict, and I know. You just because, want no, because I've already got I've already gotten I've already gotten push on. You're like you're all right. Let's you know let's pivot away from synchromysticism for just a second. Andros really left us with pivot away from synchromysticism because I want to touch on this idea of media consumption. I want to know okay. where what you've done, where you're at with that now after a month has passed. Do you have any new rituals or? Is there something that is – did you figure out a way through this, I guess, is the question? Uh, <laughs> uh, other than sort of like comforting myself with looking back and being like, wow, I've been, I've been right to be worried about this stuff my whole life. Uh, while everyone – you know, I've actually had people call and apologize to me because of arguments we got in and being like, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't take you more seriously when you were talking about fascism. Right. Um, so, I mean, can I ask why yeah, we're suddenly uh, like, uh, what was surprising? Yeah. So surprising about this? I really don't. I mean, there was plenty exactly. of people well, that yeah. but said, "Oh, Trump might win," and like he's basically a reality show star, and we live in a reality show culture that is fed on spectacle and all sorts of varieties. We're not a society of citizens anymore. We're a citizen uh, society of consumers, and Trump was the ultimate expression of that that's how he communicated to people that's how he won hearts and minds unfortunately and of course the democratic party had nothing to oppose him with because they are the left wing of the business party and <laughs> while they're beholden to, to some amount of their rhetoric and they're not going to try to topple roe v wade and any of these more fundamental federal decisions that are clearly sane and shouldn't be these mass distractions that are now going to be paraded out in front of us while we still have incessant warfare. It's just, there's just more smoke screens with this sort of administration, you know? It's, uh, I'm not saying Democrats are a great thing or anything. I, well, uh, and I think, I think there are less smoke screens with this kind of an administration. I think that it feels more like the gloves are coming off and the, uh, any pretense, pretense at patience with protest or uh, like all of these, like, yeah, we're going to get the, we're going to get the fist in the boot for the next four years in a way that's going to, you know, you're like, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't think people should be surprised that we live in a fascist state. I don't think that people, you know, anyone who 
pretends that the Democrats or that, you know, that whatever, that the status quo isn't, you know, genocidal isn't, you know, is just not paying attention. They're just, it's a privileged point of view. And at the same time, there is something that is unique going on now legislatively that is... Let, the, let me just clarify what I mean by smokescreen here in this case. So I don't disagree with you either in a certain sense. But when I'm saying smokescreen, it's not like a complete illusion. What I'm saying is just like issues that are create are manufactured that shouldn't be manufactured. So now we have to revisit Roe v. Wade, which is trivial compared to the right. other issues that are facing us. Now we're going to have to face, is Black Lives Matter a t- terrorist organization? And is PC culture right. imposing itself on all of us? And these, this is what I mean by smokescreen and distraction. There's, extre- there's way more serious things, and the the Republicans right. will kind of manufacture this kind of nonsense. And I'm not austerity would have continued under the Democrats, but at least people collectively could have had a bit more focus and not be under assault in these ways. And you know, the fear of Muslims and African Americans and women and so on. It's it's palatable and should be not ignored and said, you're trivial. Don't you know that both parties are exactly the same and that you're dumb for even paying any attention to politics? It's extremely insensitive and extremely unfeeling. And where is our fucking empathy? I mean, that's where I want to know in a lot of what we're doing in this community. Where is our fucking empathy? It's just, I don't see it. And I'm getting really disheartened by it. I'll just say that in much. Our, in our community, in this, you know, in, to talk about a missing in, in society generally, and it permeates down here for all of us that think we're super enlightened and above all this, and that we're we're on the right track. We're fucking deluding ourselves. A lot of us are. Well, what if? What about like Adam Curtis's notion that we've entered like a hyper reality, and that this is safer than? Adam know? Curtis didn't come up with that though. I mean, that's the socialist idea. <laughs> that's that was well so he, he recently i mean sure but i mean does that like this philip k dick alternate reality this play space on the computer that isn't reality that is yeah my my favorite reader my favorite author joe bajan called it the hologram it's this like weird media controlled self-referential snow globe of a reality where we can't it's a truly bizarre state of affairs. This is what I was talking about in the, the reality show sense of things and this melodrama and... Okay, so then... need to crown a winner of all else. The shooting that just happened, to me, that looks like performance art because it's so surreal. However, I don't doubt its veracity. I believe that this truly happened. Now, I think in our community, there are people that would say, no, this is so fake, you can see that it's fake. What, what are your guys' take on this? I saw something on CNN that, you know, while I was at the gym, I, I and I've been looking around online in the, for a day. I, I mean, sort of to, to go to what John is saying, I don't think that the idea is to, I, I think for at least, at least from the standpoint of sync, I don't think that the, for myself, I'm not going to speak for sync, but from the, that there is... There are things that we're responsible for, and two, and things we're not, we, we can't, we could drive ourselves crazy being responsible for, and two. You know, like, you you may have a powerful experience at a movie, but if you think that your ability as an audience member watching a movie can affect whether or not a sequel is made, or what, you know, what ha- the making of that movie in some way, you're deluding yourself. 
And I feel like there's something similar with, like, we're watching this, we watched this election play out. I don't know about you. I mean, we, I worked as hard as I could in my way for Bernie Sanders. My state went for Bernie Sanders. The superdelegates turned it to Hillary Clinton. And now I have four of my state's electors, Clinton electors, voted for other people. Which is kind of a trip. So that, that the whole Hamilton elector thing didn't – it didn't – it was a, just a non-thing. Like, there were more people defected from Hillary than Donald Trump. And the, the – but the point is that – is to say that, yes, we can become engaged and the, and there are areas where we're on a, on a train that someone else is driving. And – what, where we can, and where I you know where I would answer your question, John, and this is where I think sync does lead us, is that the revolution, Standing Rock, you know, fighting the fascists is happening right in front of you. How are you know, who is synchronicity putting you in the path of, you know, uh, that we, you know, we're on this train hurtling towards doom, but how do we treat the person next to us on the train? And there are things I don't know where like, there are things I've, that I've been doing in Olympia and working with people to try and explore the idea of how do we become better? How do we become allies, particularly people who are, you know, privileged white people who are less likely to be targeted? Um, so yeah, there cause... are and I think there are a lot of organizations and things that are starting up that are like that. I think that are really important. I think that we I think I think. It's more important than ever, man. It's like civil society is fucking dead. Like, yeah, people going out and being parts of their community is is dead. And everyone is either on Facebook or on their own. You know, we're 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 trapped and captured in so many ways. And our energy, our human energy, the only thing we have true ownership over (laughs) and how we direct it is just being siphoned off in all these other directions. And like, is this shooting of this diplomat a false flag or not quite frankly perpetual war is already something i've accepted and whether we go into this country or that country is sort of nitpicking the details and ignoring the larger issue is why are we always perpetually in warfare hmm what does that say about our economic system and what we're participating here in america and how that ties back to our communities and what we can do in our own backyard or it's it's an interconnected system and where we put our attention is where things change. And I can tell where people's attention is because nothing's fucking changing. And it's as people are as ignorant and as backwards as they were 16 years ago when George W. came in. This is, I mean, if everyone's worried about, it's just another George W. situation. George W. was also a clown. Everyone had a a lot of fun at his expense while they bombed around all fucking day. Mm -hmm. I think I agree. I mean, it's not a different thing. It's it's what I was saying. This is the the way, at least in my political lifetime, the way it works is a Republican pushes things far to the right. A Democrat maintains that line, doesn't push back to the left, doesn't really push much to the right, but allows just sort of all that stuff to stay in place and basically figures out a way to pay for it. And then another Republican is hard to the right again. Democrat comes in after that, you know, during the hard right time, tax cuts, war, 
and stupid conversations, as you and and everyone said. thinks the left is like this divide uh, united block. It's like it's not. Uh, no. Just look at like divided. the fight over the of putting Keith Ellison into power in the DNC. Um, I mean, he's like on that Bernie Sanders spectrum. I'm not saying these guys are perfect or, or you right. know, they're, they're still bureaucrats. There's still problems with the system, but I'm saying they represent a hell of a lot more integrity than Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Hillary Clinton, right. uh, Chuck Schumer, these fucking bought and paid for uh, kleptocrats. And we need actual people that still represent their constituencies and are not just fucking sold out to pharmaceuticals and big arms industry and everything else that has totally co-opted our our government and rules through the revolving door it's insane i mean just look at james mattis who came into the administration where has he been the last two years at hoover institute where all the fucking conservative people when they come out of government go to retire for a couple years until they're rotated back in and what they're doing there in that meantime is just collecting donor dollars and they're just perpetuating new policy for the next administration that inevitably comes in because there's always a backlash because the progressives never deliver because they're bought and paid for progressives in quotes. It's this fucking mind fuck. It's this intense mind fuck that's, that's going on and on. And beside that, we're still pointing to these people running the show, these people that they're ruling us, they're controlling us. Well, in the meantime, we're not looking at ourselves and like what we're doing day to day. Where's our energy? And some of us are raising families. Some of us are just trying to get by. That's, that's something too but you know what if we're in a, a a community or a subculture that stresses inner exploration and true self-reflection it's like how are you a fascist in your life how are you yeah. passive and consuming and not really doing anything and just sitting there in your little ivory tower critiquing everyone and everything without truly engaging with other people's genuine experience and what they feel you know we always talk about reality tunnels putting on different reality tunnels i don't see reality tunnel flexibility at all in the larger populace and even in people in this community it's very rigid extremely rigid and extremely prone to news cycles uh just get sucked in by any news yeah. cycle it is consumerism yeah. 101. fucking one this is capitalism this is the apex of it and we just are acting like oh no it's the cannibalistic pedophiles in the democratic party or it's donald trump the the king fascist no it's a systemic thing it's all interconnected and it's not can we just not sensationalize and just talk about <laughs> the actual things we know that have been collected by huge amounts of human rights organizations, nonpartisan groups, purely like as nonpartisan as we can understand that to be, you know, the, the, talking about real sources of information. It's like, if I yes. want to know about genocide, I'm going to ask uh, Amnesty International, not what fucking John Bolton of the UN thinks or something, you know, it's like, this is how I <laughs> kind of divide trust there's no 100 percent way to know anyone's telling you 100 the truth but as a gambler i know how to place bets in life and it's that's really what it's about so where are you placing your bets i mean it's largely like, my own yeah i mean well there's a handful it's not like a huge thing because like yeah you could take in a million sources of data but then just be like everyone else is just drowning in data so at a time you go through a point where you're swimming and you're looking and you eventually hone in on some that don't always perform, don't always give you the right answer, don't always aren't always oracles. Oh my god, they predicted Clinton was going to win and she didn't, so I can't trust them anymore. What the fuck? Okay, it's let's like, turn this on its head. We we participate in something we call Sync Book Radio. Do we have any journalistic standards? 
I we all hold ourselves to own our own different standards. I have my own standards. You have your own standards. No, so this is civil journalism or or civic journalism, whatever we want to call it now, wildcat journalism, where people are just pumping out stories from is it journalism at all. Creating a no, it's not fucking journalism. It's all opinion and sensationalism and consumerism. It's not journalism. So, but people have you ever gotten burned itself. by not doing your due diligence? Have I been burned? Yeah, but usually when yeah, when, yeah. well, let's say like uh, you just don't Obama. do enough research, and all of a sudden you realize, oh shit, I I, w- I should have known that about the guests. oh yeah, bringing yeah. in the first Obama administration, like healthcare. I was like, oh oh yeah, that's gonna happen. I'm really, I mean, that really got yeah. me into it. And I saw that all unfolding and watching how politics really worked. And that was an, that was an education. And so, I don't know, what was your question again? Sorry. It's just what about us as a news source? <laughs> us as a news source. What is yeah, a, news not a news source? I mean, we're not a news the, source. We're, we're opinion and we're... Uh, who's the experts? ...and so on. Where's yeah, the line between experts. journalism and propaganda? Sure, well, okay, look... Uh, the question is checks and balances and all sorts of institutions and so on. And so in the military, for example, it's not terribly democratic. It's, I wouldn't trust a lot of uh, the information flow in there because too few people have uh, have control over what is said and publicized and so on. And quite frankly, they're more self-interested in making themselves look good and they're in the business of killing people. So you're not going to get a lot of honesty out of that. Now, there's actual professions in this world that over decades and centuries have developed standards and ethics through trial and error and no none of these things are ever going to be perfect these are human systems but you know what i want a neuroscience approved by certain like groups that can say yeah he can cut open your brain and you're going to come out the other side and be alive and be functional instead of just like someone that isn't that's just says yeah i've sort of read some books and i know this shit you know how, what, what are we just going to say? No, the neurosurgeon, I don't trust any of that. I'll just go to this guy's garage and let him cut me open. You know, this is rational faith. But do we do that with some of our conspiracy media that we consume? Some, of course, some of it's completely irrational faith and some of it is rational faith. And that's like, this is why I love Eric Fromm. He's one of my favorite, favorite social psychologists is because he was able to differentiate or attempted to differentiate these things so that we could differentiate them as people. And there's no, again, no clear answer, but at least it can start a conversation. There's a difference between irrational faith and rational faith. Like me going to sleep at night, I can have rational faith that I'll wake up the next morning. I can have rational faith that the sun will rise in the morning and set at night. I don't, it's irrational faith to think Jesus is going to touch down on the White House lawn tomorrow, you know? These are fucking differences. These are real things. These are real things based in experience. And these are data points that we've collected from huge swaths of humanity. It's not just like one guy's opinion. It's not just me in my little one room <laughs> who is extremely sheltered, you know? Like I, I try to take pri- primary source data. This is a bit this was a problem with history up through the sixties or seventies, where it was told almost exclusively through the lens of the conquering uh, class. Uh, and, and came out of institutions that were almost purely represented by the conquering class. And with this evil thing called multiculturalism, new lenses started appearing where, oh, hey, here's some primary source documents from Native Americans actually telling you what their experience was under colonization. It wasn't this glorious uh, building of civilization. It was a disgusting, disgusting inhumane practice and is still carried on today in the third world. Um, and reports are coming out all the time. I mean, look at the Philippines. It's primary sources coming out of people fucking saying, dude, they're coming in my house and shooting my son. He's calling him a drug dealer. And they don't aren't held accountable to anything. And so, yeah. yeah, shit really happens in this world. And some shit 
It's you can verify and other shit you can't. Sorry. And if you really want to nitpick that till the end of day and everything is relative, it's like I just don't believe that. And I'm sorry because we'll just we'll fall into oblivion before anything actually gets fixed if that's going to be our approach. But then isn't that like aren't you saying arguing for a journalistic approach then? Yes, of course. I mean, okay. no, no, I'm saying you're for saying Andros, like I'm I'm saying for our standards, like if we're going to be take on that responsibility because well, institutions are crumbling that means we too have to like have honest discussions about what we do as information collectors and distributors and not just say oh don't don't impose on my reality tunnel man it's like well well i mean i I don't know if anyone i don't know if anyone here is saying that no no i'm not saying Uh, you guys are saying i see this i see this that's all but from the standard from the standpoint of like how do we you know like how like in the realm of saying how do we address what journalistic integrity is for each of us you know it's like i think what uh doug was getting at in terms of like the the idea of you ever gotten burned in sort of thinking you were on the right track and and repeating something that you thought was valid and then re and that it validated your sink and then realizing that you're you were full of shit you Mm -hmm. were sink you know the whole thing you had a powerful sink around something that was entirely wrong I wonder if sometimes we can actually interpret the sink exactly the opposite. I mean, so maybe that is the thing. It's like this – Will asked me a question a few shows back about what does sync have to do with time travel? And, it's, and the answer is sync transcends time and place. It's so much bigger than anything that we can actually grasp, and therefore the narrative that we throw at it for a moment is not – you know, it's not the whole picture. It's just a taste of something that is – we're just still trying to – the rudiments of a science or any kind of understanding right. are just in the tiniest yeah. baby steps right now. And I guess that's – so for me, primary source in sync is the way I hold integrity and in what I do is try – is that I don't ever – like you never – try and rig the sink and you always try and rigorous you always rigorous you you rigorously document what happened and when so if we do an event on a certain day and there's certain things involved that's what happened and then you can go back and say well this was an event that had was paying so up its own ass it was certainly not paying attention to what was going on out in the world. And if it then reflects what's going on out in the world in some interesting ways, let's explore that data. Um, and it can also be fun and all these other things. But from the realm of how it's, you know, and maybe it has no value and no importance anyway. But from the standpoint of, I think what Doug's getting at is that in the realm of synchronicity work, part of the integrity is knowing that we don't know what the conversation and we don't really know the conversation that it is that we're forwarding. You know, even if we were, it's like, like there's no way I'm thinking of some like that Philip K. Dick or Terrence McKenna, they could, they're like visionary type people. They couldn't imagine this right now. They're gone. They, you know, uh, they couldn't imagine maybe what we've made of the conversations that they created. Um, maybe they'd be horrified. I think but, they would be horrified, but go on. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we can agree on that. Although I think that, you know, there's also a standpoint from which 
they might also be entertained with this particular conversation. And I think that's I think that's part of it is that all of this for me, all of this crap comes out of being stupid. You know, individually stupid, you know, culturally stupid, like all the all the things that the frustrate that I hear your frustration at. It's chauvinism. It's just poly polymorphous chauvinism. It just it appears in many different ways. Just polymorphous intense. Show, say expl, explain that term. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I didn't know. I don't know if polymorphous is the right word, but uh, different forms of chauvinism. So chauvinism is just expressed in different ways in different. It's uh, intersectional privilege, right? And, so like my yeah. chauvinism can be like I don't need. I don't. I know. I know how everything works. I know how to judge information. I know this. You know, it's an extreme arrogance and blockade to to new input. Um, it's See, arrogance. I, I, but then, like, so I'll put my air. I'll my arrogance is comes from the idea that I know that I don't know anything. That I'm so propagandized that all I can do is try and react in a human way and gauge that. Usually by my interact, like how I really gauge my humanity is how I interact with actual people when I actually meet them, particularly in situations that are unpleasant. Like when you have unpleasant interactions with people, it reveals who you are. And you can tell yourself all kinds of nice stories about yourself. But if you let waiting in line at the supermarket make you want to give any attitude to the person who has to do that job or whatever, you know, right. And we all do it. You, then, you know, that you still have your work to do and, you know, you, you know, life will reveal in the realm of synchronicity, life will reveal your flaws and your chauvinism, your arrogance to you. If you give a shit about these things, you know, and that's really the question. Even if you don't, it's still going to bonk you on the head. Yeah. But then you can get away with blaming it on other people. You know, there's like, it's all about her and how, privilege oh what is you know i don't want to go down the reality tunnels that you can see you just need to go online and see angry people in supermarkets and see some of the racist racism and classism and just fucked up in this that comes out and that's something we, we can do something about actually i don't know if we can do anything about the perpetual state of war but we can do something about dickish interactions with real people who we have yeah. to have unpleasant interaction uh, you know it, situations yeah. with this is why I love Will, and Will, maybe you can jump off this because I know you like Reich as well, and a lot of us love Wilhelm Reich. But in reading <laughs> Mass Psychology of Fascism, you know, a lot of the end of that book is devoted to this thing called work democracy and sex economy. Basically, sex economy meaning how do you channel your libido in the world? Like, how are right. you actually putting it to use in a meaningful way? And that whole book How is it's like, used dude, against us. Like, yeah, how we like, don't even know we're in a sexual like prison liquidity. yeah yeah uh and he's just talking about hey man politics it's 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 an intellectual sphere and sometimes a mystical sphere and nothing gets done but true work and true democracy is built in neighborhoods and rebuilding civic society and this is the heart of anarchism socialistic libertarianism or libertarianism if you if we actually want to move towards a stateless self-organizing people actually governing their own affairs type of thing these are the real meaningful deep questions we have to be asking not as like who's really pulling the strings in this assassination i mean maybe it's interesting for just like if i needed it's it's worth paying attention to to some sense but there's more important things to pay attention to too in my opinion 
All right, we're just about out of time. What's your sink, Andras? What are you seeing? Uh, yeah, uh, my sink here really is just I, I, you know, it's I feel this the the intensity that John brings to the conversation, and it's uh, it's bracing, and it, it wakes me up a little bit, and uh, reminds me of how important the the places where I can have an effect are. And, uh, and I hope that, uh, well, I don't know, uh, and at some point the futility will come, so set it will come around again and I'll just ride that, ride that cycle. John, what are you seeing? What's your sink? I'm not seeing a lot. Of, <laughs> I know what my sink is. I'm just, I'm, I'm also just, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of good right now. I'm a little burned out myself. Uh, but I am I am really optimistic. I think synchronicity brings us tools to think in a more complex way, in a more interconnected way. And I wish people would bring that back and, and ground that with what we know about human experience and uh, and science and uh, and rationality and humanism and integrating all those things again. Because I think um, if we're talking about, yeah, are we actually being empathetic and feeling and actually connecting with people like we think we are in a community that talks about connecting? Um, these are all things we're thinking about. And so uh, at the very least, this election cycle has, has brought me back to those questions as well, Andras. So thank you for those kind words. Okay, so here is mine real fast. Uh, I was doing uh, Russian spy movies and uh, what is Benedict Cumberbatch? I was really sinking on that guy for a bit. But right Dr. now, Strange. Uh, un unprecedented. I really think that the Trump thing is not about, I think he's a shell. So that's my sink. I think unprecedented was really an interesting Floydian slip. Will, <laughs> take us out. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think that we'll just go ahead and do the outro, and if you gentlemen will stay for a second, I have an idea to do a little bit of clarification afterwards. Sure. But that's what I, I'm going I'm to take my opinion there. So, um, Doug, if I'm correct, that was 42 minutes. It sure was. And I want to thank you gentlemen for sharing it with us. Thank you, guys. Sure. Huh. Appreciate it. You've been listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a SyncBook Plus member. My family has just arrived. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as seasonal online hangouts with those. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash membership. Thanks so much, and when you've got them by the balls, their hearts and minds will follow.